Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. It's been a pleasure being on this podcasting journey with all of you for the past four years. I have truly appreciated everyone that has tuned in, listened, shared, liked, commented, and also emailed giving me your feedback and saying, hey, we like this, we don't like this, we want to see this. It's truly been a blessing to hear from so many people from around the world saying that this podcast is helping them grow their businesses, helping them improve their lives. That's why I started the podcast. I didn't start it because I wanted to make $10 million or a billion dollars. I made it because I wanted to share some stories that could inspire you to make your dreams happen. And from the reports I'm getting from around the world, people are actually taking action when they listen to episodes with the phenomenal guests I've had over the past few years. And they also say, hey, I tried this thing that this lady or this gentleman said on your podcast and it worked. I truly appreciate that. So with that said, we're going to continue to bring you awesome guests this year. Man, you have no idea the lineup that is coming for you. And we're also going to be doing some new things too. So I'll be launching a conference by... April, so I'll be telling you more about that on the podcast, and I'll also be bringing some of my friends who are rocking it and killing it in business right now to come and teach you applied business principles, no fall-off, no theory, no stories. This is just do A, B, and C if you want to see success in your business, if you want to start a business and you have no idea, I'll be bringing some people to come and share how they got started, and they'll give you their templates that you can follow. In fact, I was even going to launch the affiliate marketing link for one of the courses that has changed my life. But I said, you know what? The first day of the new year, I want people to have the right frame of mind as they go into 2019. So my guest, she's known as a small business lady. She's been featured around the world on publications like uh, CNN, Forbes, Inc., Time Magazine, and so many other places around the web. She's the go-to lady when you want to learn about small business. And she's here to teach you how to fix your business in 90 days because I know the first 90 days sets the tone for how the year is going to go and I want you guys to just get right into the meat and set the tone for the year before we even think about anything else. That said, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneurial Podcast. My guest today is Melinda Emerson. Melinda is known as America's number one small business expert. She's also nicknamed the small business lady. She's been featured in Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, and so many other magazines. She contributes to the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, MSNBC, Fox News, and many more. She has the longest-running small business chat on Twitter. She has over 325,000 followers. And she's an internationally renowned keynote speaker. Her book, titled Be Your Own Boss in 12 Months, is now in its second edition and has been a non-stop bestseller. So I'm pleased to have Melinda on the show today to tell us a little bit more about herself, her background, and her life experiences. So with that said, Melinda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Chi. Awesome, awesome, Melinda. Melinda, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get on this journey to become America's number one small business expert? Well, I have to tell you, I'm a very accidental business expert. Um, I started my first business in 1999 when I was 26 years old. And, 
you know, one of the interesting things about starting a business when you're that young is that you know how much stuff you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that you know that you need to go find out some stuff about business. So um, I have a journalism degree by background. I was a television producer producer before I became a business owner. So my first company, uh, Quintessence Entertainment Inc., really was a video production company, and I was inspired to start that company actually by Oprah Winfrey. Believe it or not, yeah. she was the first journalist I ever saw start a business, and. Her business really came to prominence when I was actually in college and she uh, created Harpo Studios. And then, you know, the first thing she did, obviously, was produce the Oprah Winfrey show and cut her own syndication deal with King World. But when she started producing her own movies and films and all this stuff, I was just like, wow, you know. There is an opportunity to create one's own creative product and control the distribution of it. And I became fascinated with entrepreneurship way back as a sophomore in college. I even named my business way back then uh, Quintessence. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about naming your business is, you know, you, you think you're being smart naming yourself something unique and something different. Um, I named my business Quintessence because Quintessence meant perfection. I thought it sounded kind of feminine and kind of Afrocentric too. And I was like, (laughs) this is it. I'm going to name my business Quintessence. And you know what? For the last 20 years, I have said and spelled the name of my business at least five times a week. So what I would tell any entrepreneur out there, do not pick a word that's hard to say is spell. (laughs) (laughs) You will spend an inordinate amount of time saying and spelling the name of your company. Um, But that said, I started my business in 1999. I literally had a laptop, a fax machine, and a dream. I came home one day and started my business. And... um, you know, I don't have a business degree. I I learned everything I know about business from reading and from very expensive lessons. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I luckily did very well. And by 2003, my business was, um, you know, one of the largest female-owned production companies in North America. Certainly, it was the largest in Philadelphia. Yeah. My husband at the time was able to leave his full-time job and join the business. We had offices in downtown Philadelphia. I mean, I was number 29 on the Philly 100 list, which is like Philadelphia's version of the Inc. 5000. Um, And so I started winning all these awards, you know, top 50 women in business in Pennsylvania, top 30 leaders under 30 in America, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And so I became this like kind of media darling because I was so young. I was in a male-dominated industry. And I was doing well. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about doing well, you know, you really do have to decide what success really is to you. Mm-hmm. In the early days of my business, I defined success by by revenues and hours worked. And so, you know, my obsession was to get to a million dollars in revenue. And I believe that my value proposition back then was outworking people. I mean, literally, I would work six days a week. You could call my office at nine o'clock at night. People would answer the phone like it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I was an absolutely crazy, raging workaholic. And, And I created that culture for my entire company. But let me tell you what happened to me. Um, in 2005, my husband and I got pregnant with our son and I ended up with a high risk pregnancy on bed rest for six months. Wow. 
So think about that. I mean, basically, I went from being the worst workaholic you ever met to Mm -hmm. not able to leave my house. And on top of that, Wi-Fi was not what it is today. I mean, Wi-Fi, you didn't people did not have Wi-Fi in their homes in Mm -hmm. 2005. Um, I basically had a Palm 3 cell phone, you know, trying to run my whole life and it didn't run so well. Uh, so the year that I was pregnant with my son, I almost lost everything wow. and because I had built a business that couldn't run without me. Yeah. So, so you, you built a job around yourself, essentially. Well, I don't know that I built a job around myself, but I built a culture inside my business because I had okay. employees. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, nine employees full time. I had another 20 to 25 freelancers that we used on a regular basis. So I had a team. Mm-hmm. The problem is I had built a culture with my team that you still had to run everything through me. Oh, wow. So, so you didn't so delegate or anything. There's no I mean, autonomy. I delegated, but it was like, hey, could you do this for me? Okay. You know, hey, could you do that for me? Yeah. I didn't empower anybody yes. else to think about how my business made money other mm-hmm. than me. Mm. So when I wasn't there. You know, everybody on my team did whatever I asked them to do, but nobody proactively did anything. Mm. And so it was like they sat back and watched my battleship sink. Mm. And it was my fault because I didn't understand how important it was to build a business that can run without you. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things about, you know, being on bed rest for six months is that I finally slowed down. I finally stopped. I finally started taking notes based upon all the expensive lessons I had learned and really thinking through the mistakes we had made. And it was interesting because man, the list was so long. I mean, (laughs) okay. So give us a rundown. What were some of those mistakes? You've already mentioned a couple, but uh, I think what, what what you're experiencing is what every other small business owner experiences because they feel that, you know, they're the center of the universe and they, they literally have to make sure that unless they have their hands on every single pie, it's not going to run right. Yeah. And you have to get over your, your um, you know, perfectionism thing, like, mm. or your ego belief that nobody can do it as good as you. Yeah. The thing about it is the thing that I understand about business now is that as the business owner, you really need to only be focusing on the most high valued activities in your business. And you also need to make sure that as the business owner, you never spend your time doing $15 hour work. Like, Mm. it's crazy. Like, why would you, unless your business was accounting, why would you be the person entering data in a QuickBook? Like, why would you do that? There's no reason for you to be doing stuff like that. When you could be out getting a new client, nurturing an existing client, talking to a client that just did business with you, getting feedback to make sure they're going to come back and do business with you again. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many things that I learned about figuring out what's really important and what should really be your priorities as the business owner. The other big thing that I learned was that you have to make sure that you have a doer thinker ratio going on in your business. It, the first people you hire do tend to be doers. Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? But eventually you got to hire somebody else that's thinking about how your business makes money other mm. than you. 
And so you have to hire senior level people. You have to hire a salesperson. So everything doesn't come down on you so that you actually can go on vacation, right? Mm, Yeah. Left free vacation, like not, not still be checking on the kids while you gone. No, like actually be gone and it be, Hey, and the world not stop because you did that. You know, um, I also think that one of the other biggest mistakes we made was we had a ton of slow paying clients and we did not fire them. Mm. And slow paying clients will kill a business because even though you have a contract, if you don't have the money, your business is being strangled. Yep. And if you have to- clients like that, you, you will not survive. I think that the thing that you have to realize in business is that you have got to have some other people in your business that are thinking about the business. There are other people that are doing what it is you do Uh or supporting you in other ways, but somebody else has got to be out here beating the bushes with you. You've got to have a sales function to your business other than you. You have to know how are you generating leads? Who's following up on the leads? What happens after a sale happens? Who owns the relationship? Does the salesperson own the relationship? Does customer service own the relationship? Or do you as the business owner, does that relationship come back to you? The point is somebody got to own the relationship. Otherwise you could lose that customer. Hmm. And sustainable businesses have repeat business, have long-term contracts. And so if you are not thinking about that in your business, you're in trouble. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize until they're laying on their couch (laughs) (laughs) on dead rest, um, about to have complete financial ruin. That's what dawns on you. Well, damn, I needed somebody else in this business helping me grow this business business can only grow as far as your two arms can reach so you have to have a team and you have to have a team that you trust and even if they make a mistake listen i let people make mistakes what i don't do is let people make the same mistake right Mm -hmm. so you really have to take the position as the business owner that you are going to mentor your employees, that you're going to coach your employees, that you're going to invest in them because they're the front line. They are who's answering your phone. They are who's servicing your customer. And if you act like you don't care, guess what they're going to act like? They don't care either. Right. (laughs) You, you, and that's what I learned when I was on bed rest, like my team didn't care. So, you know what I did a week after I had my son, I went to my office and laid off everybody that worked for me, even my ex-husband. I said, listen, your full-time job is now finding a job. Shut this office down. We're moving. We're leaving here. Hmm. We, we got to regroup. We got to restart this business. And that is exactly what I did. And I scared them all because I had my son December 14th. So basically a week, you know, Christmas week, I mm-hmm. showed up in the office as a surprise to everybody and laid everybody off. Wow. Because I realized. That's that gangster. Listen, it was going to be them or me. At that True. point, I was using my savings to pay all those people. True. And they didn't give a damn. They weren't even checking my email. Yeah. For sending us RFPs, they weren't even looking oh. to see how they could help us survive. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, watch this. I, uh-uh, y'all not going to kill me. No way. And that's what I did. Oh. 
and um, it was hard. I had, think about it. I had a brand new baby. Mm -hmm. I had a business that was crumbling. And you can imagine if I laid off my then husband that our marriage was in trouble too, right? Yes, yes. So I had like the equivalent of a Mariah Carey meltdown, right? I was like, look, I got to figure something else out. And so literally I started praying. I was 33 years old and I didn't have a clue what it was I was supposed to do next. Yeah. And after about two and a half months, God gave me a vision and a dream three times to become America's number one small business expert. And what I figured out was that the most valuable thing in my business was what I learned from running it. So then I said, well, let me figure out how to bottle and sell that. And that, <laughs> and that is how I became the small business lady. That Those notes that I took on my couch, mm-hmm. they became my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to the book, but you just mentioned something that you prayed and you got – Vision from God three times. God told you, like you know, He told her, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on my Bible right now." The the little guy. Oh, is this Samuel? Samuel? Yeah. Samuel. Yes. Yeah. Samuel. David. Yeah. The thing about it is, is that God does speak to us through visions and dreams. Yes. I don't think He calls us on the phone, right? That's mm-hmm. not how He talks to me. Um, he shows me things mm. and that's what he did for me. And I had to be obedient to what he was telling me. Cause you have to realize when your business is in shambles and mm-hmm. you decide you're going to be America's number one small business expert, you got to really have some cojones to do that. Yeah, right. Exa- you gotta, exa- like, exactly. Because you have people. I got something to teach people. <laughs> yeah, because, because people will look at it, okay, who, who's Melinda, you know, what's her pedigree, what, what schools did she go to, did she a Harvard MBA, is she on CNN and MSNBC and all those places, you know, we have Susie Oman, we have, um, what's this other guy, uh, Kramer and all those people on the news giving us advice, you know, why should we take Melinda seriously would have been the next question. Well, because you can learn more from people who have failed than people who've been successful. True, true. And so, and I wasn't a complete failure. You know, I have really had a successful business. business. Yeah. But my business fell apart mm-hmm. because I didn't do the things fundamentally that I needed to do. But I also, nobody gave me that advice. You know, yeah. like I was a voracious reader of business books. I mean, I have an incredible library. I still do. And my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, I wrote that book because it was the book I had never read. Mm-hmm. It was like, somebody needs to tell people how hard this thing really is yeah, and what it really takes to survive. And so I was very, um, I, I definitely felt like I had something to, to tell people. But I have to be honest with you, Chi, you know, when I was writing my first book 10 years ago, I was scared to death that nobody would care what I had to say. Yeah, I really was. And it wasn't until the first review of my book came out and I'll never forget it because it came out March 31st, 2010. And it was by black enterprise. Wow. And I, know, I know even before you said that, you know, you remember the story we were talking about yesterday and you said when you wrote the book, you know, your publisher also shelved the book, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was the other thing. So I wrote yeah. the book in 2008. It was supposed to come out early 2009. 
Well, you remember what happened in the fall of 2008, you know, the market crashed and my publisher called me up and said, listen, thank you so much for being a first time author that turned your booking on time. But we don't think anybody's thinking about working in a business right now because all these people are losing their jobs. We don't think anyone's thinking about starting a business right now. I said, sure. You sure. You think all these people losing their job? You don't think anybody's thinking about starting a business? Nobody at all. And they were like, yeah, no, we don't believe anybody's thinking about starting a business. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, okay. Um, and I had to suck it up because I didn't have the $10,000 to pay them to get my book back. So I just had, (laughs) I, I had to wait. Um, but because of that, that's what made me start using social media. That's what yes. made me small biz lady. That's what made me start blogging. That's what made me build my social media empire. Mm. Now reaches 3 million entrepreneurs a week online. Hmm. So basically, you just became a social media maven out of necessity because you were Absolutely. like, you know what? I have nothing else. I have to just rely on what I have. You I know, hired a You use the stick in your hand. Yeah, listen, my publicist said, look, if I had $5 left in the world, I would invest $3 in PR. And at that point, I probably had $5,000 left in the world. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And we built this brand and started Small Biz Chat. And it literally became a runaway train. And then within a year, you know, Entrepreneur reached out to me to ask me if I would blog for them on a weekly basis. And then after two years of doing that, the New York times called me and asked me if I would start writing a column for them, you know? And, and it was like, by the time the book came out, it was a smash. I mean, it was like, they reprinted that book, I think 17 times before they came to me and said, well, will you update it? And so I updated it. And then, um, you know, that came, the update came out in 2015 but that book has been published in multiple languages around the world. Wow. Awesome. And it, it still sells. So yeah. I'm very grateful. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have a new book. I have a new book. You know, like, that book's been out almost 10 years. I got a new book now. <laughs> okay. So before we get to the new book, Melinda, tell us a little bit about, you know, you've told us how you built the social media empire. But for somebody listening to this now, and it's a small business owner, and they're saying, you know what, that's a very good idea. What are some steps I can take today? You know, to start building my profile, getting my name out there, building that audience. And then eventually when I have something to sell or when I'm ready to start pushing all my products aggressively, at least I have an audience that is ready and willing to listen to me. Well, the first thing you have to do if you want to really start using social media to build a brand is you have to figure out who you're going to talk to. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out where that group of people hangs out online. Um, Nowadays, everybody's doing social media, so it's really hard to penetrate with social media. So really, I think it's best to pick two platforms to focus on. Then once you pick your two platforms, then you've got to figure out what keywords, what hashtags people are using to have conversations using those platforms. Then you have to figure out what your content strategy is going to be. If you don't like writing, please do not make yourself suffer and try to think you're going to be writing articles because that is going to be really not good for you. Um, If you like to do audio interviews, like what you're doing, Chi, you can create a podcast or you can create videos and videos are converting 47% more than any other kind of content on the internet. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity for you to do a brief video about what you do or your, you know, how you help people or people using your products or services in action, those really convert well. If you have something that's visual, 
Facebook and Instagram or where it is at. So Mm -hmm. definitely, um, you want to try to figure out how to leverage the platforms that work best. But again, you don't need to be doing five platforms. Two is plenty. Um, and you just have to be consistent. I mean, when you think about social media, you got to use what I call the help mantra. So first, everything you share should be helpful. Secondly, don't forget to engage with people. Social media means you do need to be social. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is make sure that you listen and learn the culture of the different social media platforms before you jump out there and make a pariah of yourself. And then lastly, you need to promote yourself with care. You know, nobody wants to be sold to, and people do not want to be sold to online. You need to make sure that if you're going to promote your business, that you're promoting other people's stuff at a four to one ratio of your own content. Four to one. Yeah. Four to one. Mm. Yeah. You want to become a trusted member of the community. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to put out a billboard that says, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Oh, by the way, buy my stuff. Like nobody, people will run from you. Please buy like, my stuff. Right. Have you ever connected to somebody on LinkedIn and then two minutes later they sent you a pitch about whatever it is they do? Oh, yes. I hate those. Oh, I, my I, God. I, I, they made me find the unconnect button on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, and so – You really don't want to be that guy. You know, you want to make sure that you learn something about the person. You want to be more interested than interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's the rule of thumb when it comes to leveraging social media to do anything. I mean, you got to figure it like this. When you meet somebody in person, it takes three interactions usually before that person gets to the point where they'll give you an opportunity or introduce you to someone who can give you an opportunity Uh online. It is at least seven as high as 21 quality interactions before somebody will do business with you. Yeah. And that means baby, you got to show up. You got to show up consistently. You got to share quality content and that's how you become a trusted member of the community. Once you get to trust, that's when you can turn that relationship into commerce. People try to go through the steps without going through the steps, and that's how they get shut down quickly online. Yeah, because online, a lot of people are just lazy and they want to like skip straight to the reward without doing the work. Like You had to do the work for almost close to two years before people started Absolutely. calling you for stuff. I was on Twitter working it like a job for two years before any corporation hired me to do anything. And so, you know, people always ask me, well, how did you get all these followers or how do you get corporate sponsorship? I got my followers one follower at a time mm-hmm. and I get corporate sponsorships and, and national spokesperson gigs because I have an audience that is valuable to my target customer. Yeah. So it's it's just as simple as that. But if I didn't have a trust relationship with my audience, if I hadn't written over 5,000 articles about how to start and grow a successful small business and not one, not two, but three books, right? You know, like yeah. very consistent. You can Google me and find pages and pages of stuff yeah. about me, things I've written. So what does that tell you? That tells you I'm not fly by night. Uh-uh. It I care. It tells you I'm committed. You know, and so these are things that are all extremely valuable in in building a trust relationship. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, Melinda, let's transition and talk about the new book, Fix Your Business, a 90-day plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. What inspired you to write that book? Well, after years of people reaching out to me, um, sending me emails, sending me direct messages, leaving voicemails on my office phone asking for help you know small business lady i got this business but i'm i'm drowning can i can you just call me back i mean and i was getting these messages from 
all over the world, like not just in the U.S. Mm. And, and I was like, I got to figure out a way to help existing business owners get back control of their business. Because yeah. too often you start a business and you look up and your business is running you. You're yeah. not running your business. And I didn't want people to feel like that. I wanted people to be able to fall back in love with their business again. So I created what I call the 12 P's of running a successful business. And that is really what my book is based on. So each chapter in my book is another P word. So the first P is preparation. And the reason why the first P is preparation is because, first of all, I don't think anybody doesn't know what's wrong with their business. I think they know what needs to be fixed. They just have to make a decision that they're really going to fix it. It's like riding around in a car, hearing something that's rattling. You know it's rattling, but you keep driving anyway. <laughs> and so what happens is eventually one day you come outside, you put your key in, and like the car won't start. Yeah. And what you have to think about then is how less expensive would it have been to fix the problem if you had fixed it when you first heard it rattling mm-hmm. versus now when Bessie won't start, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, But the same thing is going on in your business. So you have to make a decision that you're ready to fix it. And then the second thing you've got to do is reconnect with your why story, which is really your purpose. You have to remember why you started your business. And then you've got to think about why should you still be running this business? Right. And then you've got to think about it from the standpoint of what is your vision for this business? What is the mission of this business? And what is your passion behind this business? So if you look at me I would say, okay, my vision was to become America's number one small business expert. My mission is to end small business failure. Mm -hmm. But my passion is that I love entrepreneurs. I want you to win. That's why I do it. I mean, I have given away every good idea I know I've written down on my blog and given away for free. (laughs) I really have. People think I'm crazy, but I'm like, listen, I'll never be God given no matter what I give. So I don't mind giving it all away because people can't execute it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Because when you give, you get back even more. Absolutely. Look at my life. Look at my business. 19 years and counting. What? Come on. (laughs) All right, Melinda. So you've given us that. You've talked about the 12 pieces. You know what? I just remembered something you said because you had a lot of people reaching out to you from all across the globe, telling you, hey, Melinda, I have a problem with my business. You're America's number one small business expert. But guess what? There are over 200 countries out there and there's just one you. So what are you doing to help like business owners in the other parts of the globe when they know they cannot get access to you physically one-on-one? I know they have your blogs and whatnot, but do you have like a consulting team where you send people and deploy them like all over the world to say, hey, you know what? You need my team to come help you guys talk about some business problem or how to fix your business? No, you know? I did not do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Might be something. No, I mean, listen, I have had the opportunity to travel all around the world as the small biz lady. I have been to France. I've been to Singapore. I've been to China. I've been to Chile. Um, and I'm really excited that I've just been invited to speak in Nigeria this fall. So what? I'm really- I'm really excited that they bringing me to the motherland. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there. Oh my goodness! 
Yes. Yeah, so I'm a, ho- a homeboy. I think I'm gonna have to send you to my mama to make you some Nigerian food or something. Listen, don't don't play with me, G. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I'm very when we're done, we'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll find out where you're going, and I'll make sure I have some people waiting for you. Yes, 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 yes. I'm very excited that I have been invited to come to Nigeria and share, you know, in all the years that I've been the small business lady and that we've had my blog succeed is your own boss dot com. Twenty two percent of the traffic to my blog is international. Yeah. So we know that people in certainly in all English speaking countries are checking me out. Mm-hmm. But we have certainly been There's a huge population in South Africa and Nigeria and the Philippines and in Singapore that follow me Mm. Um, and in France. And, um, you know, so it's interesting. My book has been published in Spanish and Portuguese and Chinese. So, you know, I have fans from all over the world. And, uh, you know, so I have had the luxury of a lot of people knowing about me. And, you know, if they send for me, I will come. So... I am very excited to use my blogs. But the other thing, too, is I have a lot of online courses. I have three online courses that are self-directed that people can use to get more in-depth instruction from me. Um, I have a course on how to become your own boss, a mastermind group. I also have a course on how to write a business plan. And I have a brand new 12-week masterclass on how to fix your business that is going to be launching in mid-June. And so I'm really excited about that as well. Man, I'm so happy for you. You sound like you're doing so many amazing things all at once. I wish you could clone yourself and give the rest of the world one more use so that they can have multiple use to help people grow their businesses. But uh, I think we'll just work with you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm enough for you, Jay. <laughs> so, Melinda, as we start to wind down the show, you know, we've covered really a lot about your journey, your background. You know, we've talked about your book, the advice you've shared literally throughout the podcast. But now um, it's graduation season. You know, there are a lot of people that have just come out of school and they're thinking, you know, what, I'm either going to go into my first job or, you know what, maybe there are not enough jobs out there and I need to do something. What's your advice for people that are in their very early stages of their career right now, looking forward and not knowing what to do with their life? Kind of like what's you were feeling when you were 33 a couple years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. If you are just graduating from college and you think that one day you want to be an entrepreneur, there are a few things that you need to do. Number one, you need to save your money. You need to save 20 to 30 percent of every paycheck. You need to get into that saving habit. Um, And if that means you got to stay with your parents an extra year to save up money, do it because people who have savings have options. Mm -hmm. Second thing I will say is that you need to build and protect your credit. When you first start out in business, you are your business's credit. So if you made the mistake of running up a bunch of credit cards and nonsense when you were in college, fix it, fix it, fix it. You have really, you want to make sure that you have every opportunity to start a business and people who have good credit can start a business. You can get more credit that will help you launch your business. And the third thing you want to do is you do want to go work for someone because Mm -hmm. you to learn what kind of boss you want to be or what kind of boss you don't want to be. You also need to build some connections. You got to build a network. You know, people do business with people they like, know, and trust. So if you don't know anybody, you got to get to know some people. You got to build up a network and you got to get some expertise. I don't believe in people starting businesses they don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to get to failure fast. And that's not really what you want. I think you need to go work 
learn how to be in a business environment. Make sure that you have the skills that you need before you jump out here. I mean, I worked for five years in corporate America before I started my first company. I didn't just jump out and start it, you know, the minute I got out of college because I I just think that you just don't have enough assets. You don't have enough connections. You don't, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's a heck of a lot harder than it should be. So you want to make sure that you, um, spend some time building up some resources and then do your homework on what kind of business you want to start. I believe that a good idea is still a good idea. Three weeks from now, you need to make sure that you do your homework so that you can be on solid footing when you start your business and that you have industry knowledge, you know, the trends in your industry, you're familiar with the technology and you can really hit the ground running and come out with something so unique that the world will be the path to your door. Awesome. Awesome. And with that said, we've reached the end of the show. Man, it's been a pleasure having you for the past 40 minutes or so to share your words of wisdom. But before I let you go, Melinda, just tell us a little bit about where people can find you, reach out to you, connect with you, and of course, say what's up and uh, buy the book. Well, I am the small biz lady everywhere online. So if you can't remember my name, Melinda Emerson, all you got to do is Google small biz lady. If you're interested in a copy of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months or my new book, Fix Your Business, they are sold on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And I'm very excited to say that on June 5th, the audio version of Becoming Your Own Boss in 12 Months is being released. Oh, yeah. So now yeah. you have no excuse. You'll be able to get it in ebook. You'll be able to get it as a book book, or you'll be able to listen to it. So I'm really excited about that as well. Awesome. And awesome. I'll, and I'll put a link to all that in the show notes when this episode is ready to go live. Melinda, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure having you, talking to you, and getting to know you and learning all about you and your words of wisdom in terms of teaching us how to build a better business. Thank you so much for having me, Chi. I'll come back anytime. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. And you want to hear more awesome episodes of the show? Let me give you a few options. So you can listen to the podcast through an audio player like my website, which is www.odogwu. You can also go download the podcast and save it to your phone, your tablet, or your computer. You can subscribe to the podcast, which is the Bulletproof Entrepreneur, for free. Just Google the Bulletproof Entrepreneur podcast, and then you'll see a ton of places where you can sign up for the show. Alternatively, you can also use a third-party app. We're on several different uh, podcasting platforms like Google Play Music, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBot, Player FM, or Podbean. All you have to do is go into the search bar whenever you go to your favorite podcasting app and search for The Bulletproof Entrepreneur. Or you can type my name if you're so inclined, which is C-H-I-O-D-O-G-W-U. And then the episode will pop right up and you can just subscribe and you will have all the episodes automatically synced to your phone or whatever device you're using to listen to the show whenever a new episode comes out. So with that said, thanks again for tuning in. I wish you a happy and a prosperous 2019. And of course, I can't wait to share with you some of the awesome things that we're going to be releasing on the show to help you succeed in business. So till next time, stay bulletproof and have a great day and a great 2019.